Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. Here we go, Jay Hill. It's time for the Ant Hill Show again. Time to talk about 49ers Packers and a lot of things that happened coming out of that preseason game. I know I'm really excited to get into this. I'm sure you are as well, because this is one of those things that's uh, fun to watch when you got a lot of young players making plays. Yes, the amount of talent that we saw uh, out there and the speed was something that we haven't seen with the Niners in a long time. Like for a long time, I've I well. We've talked about, God, if so-and-so gets hurt, we're in trouble. But what we saw on Friday is there's guys behind guys that can really play, and it's, it, it's awesome. Yeah, it's, there's been tremendous depth that's been you know pretty much shown the entire training camp, and I was lucky enough to be able to go out there every single day and watch these guys practice, and to see the development, continued development of young players was one of the funnest things because early on in training camp, there were guys that were definitely struggling. These rookies were trying to find their footing, trying to figure out exactly how they fit in the mold of either the offense or the defense. And you could see it. Sometimes they were treading water just to keep their head above, you know, so they didn't drown. It, it, it was really tough at first, but every single day they continued to develop. And that was one thing that I've been very high on is the fact that Kyle Shannon put together another really good coaching staff because this team of uh, coaches keep developing these players at a high level. If you would have saw... Spencer Burford, for instance, the first day, and you've seen him the last day of training camp, he and of was, course you guys saw him in preseason. Like a monster. Right? He's looking now. fantastic. So uh, I think it's one of those things where these guys are definitely handling business. 
John Lynch. We should have hired him last year. He clearly did, doesn't know how to find talent. Right. There's been a lot of complaints about, you know, John Lynch. And, of course, whenever <laughs> there's not, you know, something that goes your way, there's always concerns. But I, I thought overall this front office has done a really good that job. It's loaded. It is. You know, <laughs> it's and loaded. There, there are some concerns with a few players, you know, here and there. I know Ombre Thomas is somebody that I've been concerned with to play during training camp. If he's our, our our fifth corner, though, you know it's it, it's not as as worrisome as if we didn't have Charvarius or not not Charvarius Ward, um, Charvarius Charvarius Char- yeah. Charvarius. Char- it's okay, it gets Kyle Shanahan too. It, it does. Yeah, <laughs> that's why they call him Mooney. You know, maybe we'll all get used to calling him Mooney, and and that'll Mooney make it sounds all weird easier. too, though. I mean, yeah, I don't know where they got Mooney. I I don't want to know. Yeah, but <laughs> you have to get used to all the nicknames. You have JV. You have Mooney. You know, you have just a, a huff. I just got to get used to the nicknames. I think the nicknames, though, uh, make it easier for them to remember who's who. Definitely will help. Yeah, I think so. And you know what, Jason, in this game, you know, we had a lot of guys who, um, you know, like to make plays. And I think one of the, you know, one of the things we want to talk about is who stood out most and who stood out most to you in this game? Who's the one guy that you, you just left saying, you know what, that guy's freaking good? And Womack. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I remember... Now we weren't at, we weren't watching the draft together, but when when they picked him, we're we're both on our phones going, wait, this is the guy who was should have been undrafted, and we're picking him in the fifth round. Seems like you know what's going on here is his measurables weren't exactly perfect, all this kind of stuff. He was just a football player. He's he's just a playmaking son of a gun. Like he he is he, he's aggressive. He's confident. He attacks the ball. Uh, he he he's what you want in 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 a corner. He really is. Yeah. Once what's interesting is some of my observations. Number one, he practiced pretty much in front of me the entire time. You know, when they went through their everyday drills. And Jay Hill, you work with cornerbacks, so you understand a lot of what they did. But uh, he was very quick. What I liked the most though was the fact that Hufunga was always the first guy out, but the second guy out was Samuel Womack out there working on his skills before practice ever even started, working on his footwork, making sure, you know, that he had it down. Now, the question marks coming out of the game, there still are question marks. Two interceptions is absolutely fantastic. I think everyone loves, you know, two interceptions, but he's still struggling a little bit in run fit. You know, I mean, he's not coming up there and being able to stop uh, the run that good because I think he's still learning what those mean. And Hufanga learned that a little bit last yeah. year. But K1 Williams was asked to do so much in run fits. He was help, you know, help the run. Blitzing the w- too. Yeah, and the way that teams are kind of a- approaching um, defense now and, and offense is they're putting that nickel corner on the field seventy percent of the time. And against the 49ers, that makes sense because you want Aziz or Dre to come off the field and you want to take advantage of a smaller corner. Now, yeah. I want to see him kind of improve in those areas throughout preseason. Yeah, I mean, how good do you think Samuel Womack is? I mean, do you think he's one of the? Do you think he's going to be on that level of K1 Williams. Do you think there's still growing pains that he's going to go through? Can he, you know, can he get a starting job and just hold on to it um and just beat out these other guys? I fully expect him to be a starter this year. I want him to improve and just be more confident in in all angles. He's already shown that against the pass, he's solid. So, but the rest of that stuff that that K1 did for us he, need, he needs to get up there but he's a puppy still yeah he, uh, he's got to improve and and it, it looks like what you said if, if he's improving th- that past the high point for him is going to be very high 
Yeah, he's an interesting guy. I think that the one thing that jumped off to me right away was his man coverage skills. I mean, and Tobiko Ryan just said this in pressers. He looks sticky. He's, he's, uh, he's all over these guys, and I think that's one thing that's impressed me about him. Now, some of the, I have some questions a little bit in the, when we get into zone coverage, his feel, absolutely. but I think that happens with a lot of young guys, you know, realizing how far do I drop? You know, when do I break on these guys running underneath? Uh, just understanding and reading quarterbacks. And he talked a, a little bit about it in his presser too. He says the way that uh, these receivers attack the top of their routes, the top of the stems. He's getting the workouts. It is. It's, <laughs> it's, it's different than it was in college. So he's getting a different look. He's trying to figure those things out. But I thought overall it was a fantastic performance. I, I'd rather have a guy who's who comes in better at man and be able to coach him up on zone than, than a, a zone guy and have to try and get him to be able to play man too. Oh, so I, I, that, yeah. I think that's a fantastic point. You want a guy that can lock people down in man. Hey, go guard him. Yeah, and learn zone. It's it's a lot easier to learn zone. Of course, you have to get more of a feel. You know, in zone is a lot of feel. It's reading the quarterback, reading drops, uh, those type of things. But you can definitely learn those things. Those And he's one of those guys, they say, that he's very coachable. He learns a lot. He's one of those guys that studies to understand everything that he's supposed to do. I think he's got the right mindset, too. Uh, excited about Womack because that was a tremendous question coming into the offseason. Who was going to replace K1 Williams? My guy. He, yeah, I mean, My guy. <laughs> the, the shark was really good. What I'm hoping is that Womack is going to be able to cover those deep fades because that was a problem for every nickel every corner that we had ever last had. Year. <laughs> yeah, and one thing that's not, you know, that you know, we oh, haven't thought about as far yeah. as the cornerback position is eventually Jason Brett's going to come off the pup list. Yep. So at, when he comes off the pup list, Jason, what do you think happens with this cornerback room? You know, you got Mosley, you got Mooney <sighs> on the two corner spots. What happens when yeah, JV comes back? We're going right there, huh? Yeah, yeah so, I think so. So, me and Horsey were having this conversation last week, and I, I, I think I said, said it to you. If everyone's healthy and Brett comes back to 85% of the player that he was pre-injury, I think this potentially is the best secondary group that we've had since this last Super Bowl team with Dion and Eric Davis. I, I, think, I, I think it has the ability to be that good. That, that, I, I, I hate being uh, going out on, on that limb right now, but I just I do that. They're just they're just they're so versatile and and, and they cover so well. Uh, it's I mean you got to be bold, right? Really bold. Whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that you know they, they have the potential to be one of those really good uh, defenses, and I think that's interesting. The fact that Jason Brett would you know make them that better, um, that much better. I think he really would, but. The way that they would play them, I think, is interesting. And Kyle Shanahan has said some things about it. The, the secondary coach has also kind of brought up that they would go to more of a matchup system. So I think Verrett would play outside sometimes, Mosley would play out sometimes, Ward would play out sometimes, yeah. and then they would all kind of flow into the nickel. That could be when the defense gets really scary. Oh, Cooper Cup's lining up in the slot. Hey, Jason Verrett, go cover him right Lock now. Him up. Go. Yeah. Hey, oh, DK Metcalf's on the outside. Hey, Charverius Ward, you're big and physical. Go take care of yep. DK Metcalf. All the while, Jason Verrett or Mosley are on the in the nickel on you know on uh, Lockett. I think it's an interesting thing that they can do with that. And all the while, Womack might fit into that because you could go to uh, the dime set and have him out there as well. And if his cover skills continue to get better. That could be That's, really scary when they get it, you know, playing these teams that like to run the four wide receiver sets. Cardinals. Yeah, it, bingo. It it will also make our pass rush even even better, too. Like, that's that's the thing is, like, they will feed off each other, and it, if our guys can stay that extra half second, that's going to give Bosa and everybody else that extra time to get there and make a play, too. Like it, it just it, it all feeds off, off, off each other, and it's going to be 
be scary as hell to watch. It really is. And now you're going to have potentially, you know, three levels uh, that are just fantastic because that linebacker group is the deepest I've seen it. Uh, Flanagan Fowles is playing really well. He had a big hit. He, he really he, did. He trucked that dude. Yeah. I, mean, I was like, hey, that's your boy right there. I wanted, <laughs> I, I, after it, I wanted to be like, <laughs> I mean, it was fantastic. He filled I, that hole nice. Uh, Flanagan Fowles was Got the good. block and just popped him. And Jason, he's been playing Mike. I mean, he's taking command of that second unit. Uh, Aziz is, of course, the second Mike. But uh, Flanagan Fowles needed to do it during Priest, and he stepped right in has been able to handle it. That's I think good, Flanagan though, Fowles looks... Uh, better than I've ever seen him, which yeah. means he's the fourth linebacker. Which and then we'll Oren, need too. Oren Burks looked fantastic in he, the game. He Eight looked, tackles. Yeah. It, that linebacker room is is crazy, and you already got McCrary Ball as a you know a possible guy. Curtis Robinson, uh, who's injured, so he's going to miss Minnesota. But those guys are a really talented group, and this defense has talented players just all everywhere, over the place. just dripping with 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 elite athletes who can make. Make plays. Please. One place that we have a really tremendous athlete that I can't believe we've made it over 10 minutes of the show and haven't talked about, and that is Trey Lance. That, sh that shows how good our defense is, though. It, it really does. <laughs> it you know, does. Like, that's we're getting into the offense now, but Trey Lance's performance. I want to know what you thought of Trey Lance's performance. Four or five, of course, the big touchdown to Danny Gray. I mean, it, what, were you excited about all that that was going on? So I I, I, I must confess, I, I, I normally am a... I'll watch this, the first team and probably some of the second team, and, you and then I'll. No way. I'm, I, I'm that guy, yeah. So I, I, all week long, I have been just dying to see Trey, just dying to see Trey, because I've, I'm out there. People I talk to, I tell them like, don't be shocked if Trey really blows up this year. I, I mean, his first first couple of games could 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 be, be a little bit hit and miss, but I just think he's just just beyond special. So I've been like, Let's see what we got. I didn't necessarily care about his completion percentage or anything like that. I wanted, I, I, I was watching his presence, his, his body positioning, how, how he looked in the huddle, how he looked coming up to the line, all that kind of stuff. You know, did he look like he looked as calm and as cool as the guy who's been playing 10 years in the league? He did not look like he, like he looked like he's in full command of the offense. He was telling guys, you know, go here, go here, go here. By the time he was out of that game, I was like, oh boy. If he's this calm and this under control for the offense, it's going to be a long year for a lot of teams because offensively, we got weapons all over. And obviously, I was going to put him in the best spots to succeed. But up here and here was what I really want to see. And man, it was nice. Yeah, Trey Lance, uh, all during training camp. I mean, he would have up and down performance. You know, as far as if you want to count, you know, completion percentage. By the and, way, and those... I, sorry, remember, but I, I'm sick of the. He was five for twelve today. I don't remember Jeff Garcia, Steve Young, or Joe ever having to hear people every day track their their successes in training camp. Yeah, it's Stupid. practice, right? Where Kyle Shanahan's it's... asking him to take extra chances. Yes, I mean Sudfeld one one uh, series. During training camp, just continue to throw down the field and through like multiple picks because they were testing, That's they were what seeing they, what they could do. They do yeah. yeah, but Trey Lance's performance, this has kind of been consistent. Uh, we've seen a guy that's been in command of this offense and been a leader all throughout training camp. And I think people got to see that. Now, even the one incompletion, it's not a bad throw. It wasn't if that bad, no. If you're going to miss his high and outside, I'm not even sure it was that big of a miss. You're dealing with I Danny Gray. Debo or 
or or Kittle or B.A. makes that catch. B.A. makes that catch yeah. every single time I've seen him do it at training camp now. It's one of the most ridiculous things with his length. He's able to get to the sideline and then toe tap. It's He's yeah. got he's got tremendous range. But I thought overall this was a great performance from Trey Lance. I'm glad that Kyle Shanahan put him out there for Series 2. Yep. Going into the game, I believed it was going to be two series. I thought they were going to try to get him around 10 plays. They end up getting right around there. And Danny Gray makes the big play and shows you can line up a safety 15 yards off. So that safety him. better be able to cut me <laughs> off because if not, that's a, a poor matchup. And it was a simple motion to get that look, right? Yep. They motion out Tyler Croft. He takes on the corner. Safety tries to reset. But Danny Gray is just too fast. And it's nice to have a wide receiver out there that has that kind of speed. I've been asking for that for how many years now? <laughs> no, I think we have. And I think I, uh, Kyle Shannon has been too. Kyle's been one one too. Yeah, yeah, he had Marquise, you know. Marquise He's always Goodwin. had, a, whether it was... With the Falcons, the Texans, the the Skins, the Commanders, the Chiefs, whatever the, hell the Browns they're called now. Yeah, they've always had that guy that if you suck up on run game too much or or, or you look to cut off those short passes, careful because he's going to go over the top on you. And we have that in in Danny Gray, like he's big time. Yeah, one thing I was gonna I was gonna ask you about because one thing that's been real subtle about Trey Lance, and I know everyone's making a big deal about him sliding for the first time in his career, which <laughs> I think is great. But the fact of how he was moving in the pocket, the way he climbed the pocket, and then when he ran, he got the nine yards and got down. But that just awareness in the pocket looked fantastic. The eyes were down the field the whole time, and that, that's exactly what I said. To you. I said that that's my favorite play of the whole game because he didn't just back foot. First guy and go. He stepped up in the pocket. He he, he felt the rush. Looked nothing there. Stepped up again. Had his arm up where he make a play. And finally, the last second, the very last second, he's like, "Okay, there's nobody there." Then then he takes off. Like that's the composure in the pocket and the willingness to look down the field that a lot of athletic quarterbacks don't don't get to. And he's 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 he's, he's, he's already there. Yeah, he's a throw first, run yeah. second guy. There's going to be a lot of times during this year, you know, where an offensive lineman is going to get beat. That happens in the NFL. These defenders are really good, and he's going to be able to extend the play. And with the creative wide receivers and skill players that he has, he's going to be able to get the ball to these guys and let them create in space. That's one of the things I'm most excited about. And I think that could be potentially what helps take the 49ers offense beyond what it has been over the last few years. That plus the aspect of the vertical game, because now you're going to stretch them vertically. And horizontally. You've been stretching them horizontally, but now <laughs> the even whole more, field. more horizontal. That throw to Danny Gray or those ones he's made to BA during training camp. Yep. Uh, now you have to cover all that grass. And if you're covering all that grass and a safety's having to stay 15 yards deep, uh, that should create some run run game lanes. Uh, that's one thing I'm really excited about from what we're going to get from Trey Lance being the starting quarterback. I, I, I hate to be that guy, but uh, whether it's the camp videos or what we saw yesterday, he already makes – Throws that his, his his predecessor can't even touch. No, I mean I I don't think uh, it's it's just it's just factual. It yeah, just is. Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance have different skill sets. I mean Jimmy Garoppolo's ability to throw in those tight windows is nice uh, with accuracy and the the quick release is elite trait uh, that he has. I mean that's he just doesn't have as many elite traits as Trey Lance. Trey Lance has the legs. Uh, he has the vision. He can get the ball you know down the field at a at a rapid pace. I think he's going to continue to develop. Uh, and I think at some point he's going to get to that, you know, that level. But you're right. There are aspects to the offense that are going to be added because of Trey Lance that they weren't really able to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. I know Kyle Shanahan said that wasn't the case. 
But how many 18 to 20-yard comebacks <laughs> did you see with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback Zero. that you're going to see with Brandon Ayuk and Danny Gray? Because you have to fear about Danny Gray going up the seam, and all of a sudden he breaks it off. Shoot. Oh, there's a there's an easy completion, and that was something that was a staple in Kyle Shanahan's offense and in Atlanta. One, and, one, and one missed tackle, and, and, and it's a house call, too. Yeah, and Danny Gray has showed that ability. <laughs> that guy. Um, yeah, he it, fly. He, he's been fantastic. You know, he really has been fantastic. Do, do you th- think he has the potential to, to be our number three? Three at some point, or do you think it's going to stay with Juan? I, I think they're not going to have a traditional number three. This is one of the things that gets brought up all the time in chat. Everyone, especially last year, not so much this year because I think people know my stance on it a little bit more. Yeah. But the fact that you know that everyone wants to have a third receiver, you know, who's going to be? I think that they're going to use Ray Ray, uh, Juwan Jennings, and nice Danny too, Gray. Actually. Ray Ray's been fantastic yeah. in training camp, uh, using them in a variety of different ways. I think it's all about matchups. You know, so if you're getting a situation where you can get Ray Ray matched up on a linebacker, you're going to let him do that because his ability to run out patterns and corners are absolutely fantastic. So if you're in a cover two situation, look for Ray Ray to be able to, you know, expose them because those are routes that he runs really well and Trey can make those throws. I think that if it's something where you want to convert on third down, look for Juwan Jennings to be in there or in the red Mr. zone. Clutch. Those are yeah. those are things that he can do. And then Danny Gray getting up the seam like you saw him uh, make a big play down the sideline, of course, but... I think he can use them in a variety of different ways. And the news coming out of uh, practices on Monday, or I'm sorry, Sunday, was the fact that Bray Ray McLeod started playing in the backfield a little bit. So not only was it the Ooh. wide back role for Debo Samuel being implemented, Ooh. but a little bit of Ray Ray's role, which if you haven't watched that video, go check it out because we did a video on Ray Ray's role. And that we kind of talked about his use in the backfield. That could be saucy. It's going to be saucy because I'm, I'm telling you, Jason, the last week of training camp, Ray Ray McLeod at times looked like, you know, the second best wide receiver. Brandon Ayuk was the best receiver, and Debo Samuel was just doing Debo Samuel things, yeah. uh, but Ray Ray was absolutely popping out there. That's, that's, I have guys in the wide receiver room that we can throw out there and can make big plays like that. And since we're talking about wide receiver real quick, nice. you think they'll keep a sixth guy? Is there a, a sixth guy that's standing out to you that's like, you know what, the Niners need to keep him uh, on this roster? If... If he can, no, because they have so much talent other places. Like, I don't see a giant need for a sixth receiver at this point. And we've seen in the past that if they do have injuries or something, they can always go go into bodies somewhere too. So I really, I, I'm okay with, with, with five right now. Yeah, I'm okay with five and stashing two guys on the practice squad. They have plenty of guys they can do that with. They have Willie Sneed, of course, Malik Turner. Of course, they could land somewhere else, but those are veterans. You could sign one of them, you know, keep a young guy like Tay Martin, who's definitely impressed lately, but you have options. Why not just put him on the practice squad? It seems like, unfortunately, I hate to say this, but there are so many NFL caliber wide receivers available that you can go grab someone at any point during the season. There is. And another spot where we have really good young players is on the interior offensive line. And this has been a huge question mark uh, because you have Aaron Banks stepping in for Lakin Tomlinson. Now you have Spencer Burford, who's got all the first team snaps through all of training camp, stepping in at right guard for Daniel Brunskill. And we've had the battle at center, Jason. So what did you see from the interior offensive line and what stood out to you as far as these three guys go? So at the start of camp, my biggest concern of the whole team was the interior offensive line. Like it just was, especially given new quarterback, young guy, all that kind of stuff. I thought they looked pretty good. I thought for their first real live action, they looked like there's something there that 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 we can continue to coach up and build on. And I'm not nearly as worried 
as I was. Like, I think they have a lot of still room to grow, but the growth is coming. And Banksy looks like he's actual football player now, not just a guy. Not just a cake eater. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice one there. Follow. Yeah. Uh, he just, he, he worked his tail off to get in, in NFL shape and he looks like he's going to be, be pretty good. Yeah. No negative reps from Aaron Banks. Uh, 73, whatever PFF grade. I never liked the PFF grades, but you know, anytime you hear that, you know, guys are, are doing well in PFF. I kind of like want to watch the film, but I thought Banks held up really well. And I thought Burford was absolutely nasty. That's the one thing. I mean, I seen him from his first snaps in training camp. It, it was a struggle at first. I mean, I'm not going to come in here and say it's been, you know, all rainbows and butterflies. The guy was out there struggling at first. And then as training camp went, you could kind of see he got comfortable and he started fitting in his role and understanding how to work with Brendel and Brunskill on these double teams and pushing up the second level. Pretty soon he's getting comfortable and playing interior offensive line. And it was like, uh-oh, here comes Burford. And I remember it was actually, I think it was right before the last week, it was that last weekend of training camp where I came on and I said, you know what, for the first time, I think Daniel Brunskill might not start on this offensive yep. line. And I didn't think that was a possibility because I thought if he didn't start at center, he would start at guard. And then I was just wrong because Burford has definitely established himself as a, you know, one of the five best on this offensive line. That's crazy to say. He he looks like a guy who who could be like a Pro Bowl caliber player, actually. Like, he, he looks that good. Yeah, he's, he's he's good, right? It's one of those things where you look at him and you're like, this guy could start for the 49ers for 10 years yeah. at the interior offensive line spot. You know, they're going to have question marks at the right tackle spot because, you know, Mike McGlinchey's had a little bit of the knee a problem again. Jalen Moore's injured, but Moore could come back. I think the most likely thing to happen if uh, Mike McGlinchey is out for a significant amount of time is Daniel Brunskill to play right tackle. Uh, Colton McKivitz has had himself a heck of a training camp. In you, fact, He's he looks been, better too. Yeah, yeah, he he should be the swing tackle. They've been flipping him back and forth. But I think that Daniel Brunskill could potentially be that guy on the outside if they needed it. But he's coming off an injury, so it makes makes more questions. Hopefully McGlinchey's uh, injury isn't serious, and yeah. it is just an irritation that he's kind of got to work through. Because I think I would love to see this offensive line with McGlinchey next to Burford. Run-wise, that just seems fantastic, especially if Banks continues to develop next to Trent Williams. Uh, it could be one heck of an offensive line, and who would have thought we'd have said that after losing Lakin Tomlinson and really and losing Alex Mack? We were worried. We were all very worried. <laughs> we really were. Yeah, I mean, cause, yeah. And, and no one could understand why aren't they going and getting J.C. Treader? J.C. Treader's out there. That's me. Of course, uh, you know, Batonio says uh, that he thinks that Treader's stance on you know some of the NFLPA things are the reason he's not signed and on a roster, which I've been saying for a long time. I thought he wants guaranteed contracts. He doesn't like mini camps. He doesn't like training camp. I think that's part of the reason he's not signed. Yeah. But there's also question marks about his knees. Uh, of course, he's never missed a single game. And the whole time you're looking out there, and you're like, that's an all-pro center. Why just, wouldn't you add an all-pro center to your roster? I kept saying, like, hey, he's sitting right there. Like, we... and it, But it looks like it's going to be Brendel. And Brendel, I thought, played really well in this game. Mm -hmm. I, I thought he had good reps. I'm actually looking forward to breaking down uh, his reps. And, you know, the All-22 film is up on... You know, NFL Plus, uh, of course, it's absolutely terrible to use. Uh, you watch a play on offense and it flips all the way to defense. Thanks for nothing, NFL. Um, <laughs> probably one of the worst things that's happened. Three years ago, NFL Game Pass was was fantastic, worked flawlessly. And since they've tried to improve it, the other yeah, way. big bust. Uh, but the interior right. offensive line is something that's 
that's definitely been exciting. And they're going to get some extra work because they're going to be going against uh, Minnesota. And they're going to have practices on Wednesday and Thursday, joint practices, which I was saying, and then Kyle Shanahan definitely uh, was saying, is those are the most important days, actually, of the entire offseason. Not about preseason games, but it's about these practices because you can completely control the the settings at which these things happen. So you want to see a fourth and two, you might not get those in a preseason game, but you can get them here. You want a full two-minute drill where you have to go 80 yards, you might not get that in a preseason game, but you can get that here. Creating those situations is important. So, Jason, what are you most looking forward to? Number one, hearing coming out of these joint practices, and then what you're looking to see for see in that game. I don't know how many starters we're actually going to get playing in that the, game. The number one thing I want to see during the practices is how our DBs match up against Beelan and Jefferson and those guys. That's that to me is going to tell us if our suspicions about our secondary dominating us. Now, now let's see what they do against one of the top three or four duos at at at, at wide receivers in the whole sport. Yeah, so some things to keep in context. Number one, there might not be no Kirk Cousins, yeah. depending on what happens with this with this COVID. Um, right. He's one of but, them unvaxxed. But second of all, uh, we don't know if we're going to have Traverius Ward. We could have Emmanuel Mosley back. Yeah, Ward has been working on a side field, so he's close. Okay. It's all precaution with Ward. It's all okay. precaution. He was getting a tremendous amount of reps. Boy, is he fantastic, by the way. But um, <laughs> Emmanuel Mosley could be back. So we might actually, this could actually work out in the 49ers' favor. Because I'm not worried about Mosley or Ward against those guys. But I would love to see Omri Thomas, Diamond Lenore, Samuel Womack yeah. uh, have to cover these guys in the open field. Because I think it would help the 49ers make some decisions. Yeah. Because that PB room is absolutely loaded. The guy I want to see is is the running game, too. Let's see how it, how it holds up. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you're you're not going to get Elijah Mitchell. No, Elijah Mitchell is going to be out for the preseason, which he, him. he he don't need to play in the preseason. No. He looked absolutely explosive. He's head and shoulders the best running back in that room, and it wasn't close. The vision, explosiveness, power, it's all there. Uh, he he's he's poised to have a thousand yard season as long as he can stay healthy, and stay healthy is the key. Um, and then after that, Jeff Wilson Jr. to me has been the next best running back in camp. The, the the explosiveness that he's been playing with, he's definitely back all the way from that's the meniscus. That's good because he looked really slow last year. He did, and, he you can, slow. and that's why he became just a blocker towards the end of the year. <laughs> uh, but that's not there now. And he's running with violence. He, he had one run. It's my favorite run in the entire camp because he literally put his foot in the ground and juked a, a linebacker, and it was not like a, uh, you know, it was an explosive hit the foot in the ground and get past him. It was expressive, and then he got to the third level, and he did it to a safety. Ooh. And I thought, wow, vision, uh, explosiveness, power. Jeff Wilson Jr. to me has been running back too, which is funny because you know a lot of people thought maybe he was going to get cut. I don't see him getting cut. Uh, they're going to have a tough decision at the end of that roster because Jamichael Hasty's looked good too. I I think Hasty's guy who might be on the practice squad or cut. I obviously they're not going to give up on, on Sermon yet. So to me, Michael is the most logical guy to go, which shows you how good the running backs are. He, he he's he's a nice player, and if he can't make this roster, that's a shame for everybody else. Yeah, and, and <laughs> the one thing 49er fans, especially you know the cutback crew, uh, they love themselves some Jordan Mason, and Jordan Mason is a big physical guy. Uh, it's just really tough to make this team because they they just drafted TDP in a world where TDP and is not on this team. I think Jordan Mason is uh, because of short yardage ability able yeah. to convert. But TDP is here. He's a third round He's pick. Third round pick. Trey Thurman's here. He's a third round pick. 
Uh, and Sermons actually improved. He, I, he looked a lot better. He did. And, you know, he only got, like, a lot of people would look at the stats. He got 1.9 yards per carry. But go back and look at those reps and see how many, you know, holes he actually had to go through. He wasn't dancing. He was getting it up and just going, too. So that was, that it, was good to see. It was, yeah. I think those are going to be some things to see um, against Minnesota. And I think when we get to the game, we're going to see a lot of these, you know, guys get reps. These young guys are going to get reps. And this is going to be a big big time for them because i think when we get to the texans it's going to be more of a dress rehearsal we'll see some of the first team offense and defense because they're 17 days after that until chicago so they got to get these guys a little bit of game reps but not, so not too many though. not too many to get hurt right <laughs> you, don't have, to, you don't want that to happen to keep the rust off but it is bears and they're probably the worst team in the whole conference so you you like to say that, but also you started against <laughs> Detroit last year, and then shenanigans happened at the end of the game. Oh, that was where all of a sudden. That so was you, weird. You never you never take anything uh, for granted. You got to go out there and earn it. And I think the 49ers will, but yeah, that's it's it's definitely been uh, an interesting preseason so far. A fun training camp, and I'm really excited to see what happens when we get in. You know, to the more of the preseason games, because I want to see some of these depth guys get some get some extra reps. All I care about is I see the back end guys because I know what our our top guys can do and just good. Hey, <laughs> yeah. So, Jason, closing thoughts. We have a, a fantastic episode. Uh, this has been a good one. We've touched on a you know a bunch of topics, but what is what is your closing comments for this episode? I'm just totally excited for what this team this year and next year can be. There, there is talent and speed that that we have not seen here in a long time. Even. The, the, the team back in 19 was a really good team, but they weren't this explosive. Like, I mean, we all were like, oh, God, at some point, someone's going to just run right past Richard Sherman. We all know it. Didn't happen until the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, it did happen. There's not very many people that are just going to out, just run by our DBs now. Like, we're, we're just so fast everywhere. I know Kyle and, and Amico have been sitting there like, all this stuff now with all these all these guys this is great it's just it's gonna be fun to watch the the thing i would tell you is offensively if you want to see what this offense could be go back and watch the redskins with rg3 i, I, I think our offense is gonna look a lot well like that team did yeah it, it could be and and just like the 49ers uh team looks explosive this episode was absolutely explosive jason so good job nice i'm looking forward to even more ant hill shows coming down the road, but this is a, a really good one, and, and I enjoyed it. I hope everyone else enjoyed it, too. So thank you guys for watching. We'll catch you on the next one. See you later. Bye.